sanctification. And what does sanctification mean? He began to explain it. One, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to possess his own vessel or his body in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion. He said, next, no one doing business in whatever he's doing should transgress or defraud his brother. He described all of these things and he said, this is sanctification. Learn to walk in honesty, in purity, as is is worthy of somebody who, who proclaims the name of God. Paul said that is what? Sanctification and it is the will of God. That is one will of God. And it applies to everybody. God did not call some people for sanctification. He called every child of God for sanctification. Next, another example. You go down to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just the following chapter. Paul also says something here. He was describing the number of things. Now, sometimes I wonder whether it's just one he called the will of God or all of them. But let's just take all of them and then narrow on the one that I'm thinking it might be. He said in verse 15, See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for everybody. He said next, so one, don't repay evil, but seek what is good for everybody, including those that have done you evil. Next, he said rejoice always. Next, he said pray without ceasing. For, he says, in everything give thanks. He said, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. He also said, don't quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances. Let's stop in verse 18, where he says, in everything give thanks. This is the, is the will of God. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, what I was saying earlier, I don't know whether it's referring only to the thanksgiving or all the other things he listed. So let's just take everything together. Don't repay evil. Seek what is good for everybody, including your enemies. He said, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Everything, in everything, give thanks. He said, that is the will of God. Sometimes you have issues. You get fired in your office. Somebody said, what is my will of God for me now? Paul said, this is the first thing. Give thanks. Wish your boss well. Plan for the progress of a company from where you have been fired. Help them do well if you can. He said, eh, yeah, that is the next plan of God. It is the will of God concerning you. Many times people are praying, Father God, you pray all kinds of tongues, tongues of men, tongues of angels, tongues of nothing. You pray everything. Why? Because right now you don't have a job. You got fired. God said, you want to know my will? Say yes. Say, go and read First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. You were wrongly fired. Don't be angry. Help them if you can. Don't repay evil. Not God. Bless me, they will soon know. No. What are they going to know that they don't know already? <laughs> don't repay evil with evil. Say, that is my will. Say, this one that Angelina has broken my heart. God said, give thanks. Let me marry a wife finer than her. I said, God, don't worry. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You may think she's finer than her. She thinks, my God, thank God I left that guy. (laughs) You don't know. Forget it. What is the will of God? Just thank God. Raise your two hands and worship. I just, just came to my mind. It might help somebody. First time my wife was pregnant, eight months of pregnancy, the baby died. And I remember that day in Pinock Hospital, after everything had quieted down, 
Delivery has been taken. She has stabilized. I remember I stretched my hand to her. Let me have your hands. Let us give God thanks. Eleven months later. Akinelu, where are you? Stand up. Wave your two hands up. That guy that's my size, he was born 11 months after. Sit down, thank you. 11 months exactly after. You could have been there complaining, God, oh God, why did you do this to me? Let me tell you, when the fish swallowed Jonah, Sorry, when Jonah was thrown into the waters, he was drowning. Then he prayed at the bottom of the ocean with the weeds entangled around his head. God help me. And God sent a fish and he swallowed Jonah. In the belly of the fish, Jonah began to give thanks and the fish vomited him. If he had gotten there and said, God, this is what you call deliverance, the fish would digest the guy. Don't say, I didn't want you. You're about to get digested. All this you're whining. <laughs> God does not joke. God does not do rule. I just want to scare you. He doesn't scare people. If God aims a gun, <laughs> better pray because he wants to shoot. He doesn't threaten. Obey me or your life. He's going to shoot. Just forget all this. Is. When you see the gun, quickly kneel down. Say, God, hey, I will serve you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Go and read that our Exodus chapter 4. He said God wanted to kill Moses. Zipporah rushed for their son, quickly circumcised him, and then God left Moses. When God said to Jonah, to the fish, swallow Jonah. The fish swallowed Jonah so that he doesn't die immediately. He said, let's see what Jonah will do next. Go and read it, I don't have time now. Jonah began to give thanks. That at least I may not be on the shore yet, but at least I'm not drowning anymore. This place may smell bad, but at least I can have a nose to smell. Because if I've been inhaling seawater, by now my lungs will have dissolved. I'll be fully dead. This little deliverance is better than nothing. Thank you, Father. Thank you. The Thanksgiving irritated the stomach of the fish. He went to the shore and threw the man. Get out of here. Vomited the man onto the shore because he was careful to give God thanks. If he, had con- if he had been whining, the fish would have digested him. And look, it's clear in the scriptures. The Israelites who whined, they died. God gave them manna. Instead of giving God thanks for manna, I say, Hey, hey. Oh boy, what is this? You call this food. So this is a job. My mates are any half a million a month. You call this a job. Yes. Mana, what is this? I have a master's degree. What is this? Because I know Allah. I will use hunger and unemployment to... (laughs) I will use the two of them to teach you a very good lesson. Better learn to give thanks. Paul said, this is the will of God. In everything, give thanks. Let's go on. Another thing he called the will of God. He 
he said something. Because of time, I'll rush through them, all right? Now, he didn't use the word will of God, but I'm just deducing it from other things. I'll just read this scripture out for you. It's an, it's an extension of the will of God. I call it contentment. He said, Paul says something in Philippians chapter 4. Don't bother opening to it. You can write it down in verse 11. Don't open it to it, especially because I want to read an unusual translation, which is so perfect in expressing what Paul had in mind there. It's called the Ways translation, translation, W-A-Y. Paul said, I have learned in whatever condition I am to be independent of circumstances. I am schooled to bear the depths of poverty. I am schooled to bear abundance. In life as a whole and in all its circumstances, I have mastered the secret of living. How to be the same amidst repletion and starvation, amidst abundance and privation. That is, whether I'm rich or poor, I'm the same. He was writing this to the Philippians when they gave him things. He said, I did not desire the gifts in themselves. What mattered to me is that you are blessed. I was happy that a good child of God has learned to connect with the person who was a blessing to his life with the word of God. All right? He said, good. Now I know a good thing is coming into your life. It's not because I wanted the gifts. He said, I've learned to be the same, independent of circumstances. I've learned to bear abundance. I've learned to bear poverty. He said, in life as a whole, and in all the circumstances, I have mastered the script of living. He said, I'm equal to these things through the help of him who gives me inward strength. Contentment. Listen, sometimes when we are praying, you know why God can't answer the prayer? It's a prayer of lack of contentment. The prayer is engineered by lack of contentment. So what happens? The man has a small job. He doesn't have a car, but he has money to enter bus from one place to the other, take a keke and once in a while. Every night he gets up. Say, Lord, this is not where my mates are. The other day, I visited America. He just bought a brand new Cario. I was in Chidedu's house. His own is a Tokumbo Camry. 2013 model. Look at my small room, one bedroom, one sitting room, the big hue of a big man's house. This is not where my mates are. God said, I will soon remove the ability to pay that rent. The first prayer point should have been God. Should have been God. How do I attain a position in life? Where when I come out amongst my friends, whether they have something or I don't have it, and, and I don't have it or not, does not matter. When I see a maker, I hug him. I say, maker, how is it with you? Wow, this your car is nice. Come, drive me somewhere. I say, oh, Chinedu, you own this car? This is beautiful. Uh-huh, my friends have cars now, so that at least if I have to go somewhere important, I have somebody to go with. And I'm happy about it. Your daddy, one of our brothers... One of these top security agencies in Nigeria, I won't mention the name for privacy's sake, he sent us a message that he had been appointed as like director of administration in the big body, Ogapatapata's office. He's now like a chief of staff. So the brethren rejoiced with me. All of us were rejoicing. They said, ah, we're no big people now. We're just rejoicing. Somebody said that, I like this house. This is a place where we easily celebrate our progress, knowing nobody's going to be jealous. And that's what my brethren do. Somebody can buy a new car, post a bread, and he's not bragging. He actually says, rejoice with me. And everybody's happy. 
Until you get to that position in life, that's what I call contentment. You're not ready for blessing. If your prayers are still stimulated by inferiority complex, you have a real problem and a long time to go. You must never pray out of a position of why is everybody advancing and only me? That's what I call contentment. It's the will of God. Another thing he called the will of God, because of time I rush to them, he said, if you're going to read that first, um, first John chapter 2, in from verse 15, I'll, because of time, we'll just rush through it. There was something that the elder John said in first John chapter 2. And I want you to understand something here, what, what he called the will of God. The elder John said, from verse 15, like I said, I'll rush through it quickly, please. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the, f- the, loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from God, but from the world. The world is passing away and also is lost. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. That tells you that the opposite of loving the world is doing the will of God. Not being materially minded. I don't want to go over the message again. You don't marry a man as a woman because he has money. Because he can go broke. The Bible says wealth does fly away. What is the will of God? Don't love the world. Don't be attached to the things that are in the world. Because of time we can't develop it further. Now listen to this. Another one I'll quickly mention, we're talking about the wills of God, is about walking in patience. Time will not allow me to read all of it. From the book of Hebrews chapter 10, Paul said that having done the will of God, obeying God in everything, by walking through faith and patience, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, we will inherit the promise. Now please, I need to explain all of these to be able to emphasize something. This will of God, these things we have said, it comes to us, I mustn't forget to mention this, as we exercise ourselves in learning, we will know what is right, what is wrong. I said the number one way by God, which God leads his people is to teach them what is right and what is wrong. That's the number one way. That's why I gave the example the other day. When they asked the girl, will you sleep with your, with your boss to get a promotion or to get a job? He said, I will if God asks me to. God will not ask you to. The Bible has made it clear that it's, you don't do such things. It's called iniquity. It's called adultery. He said, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. Homongers and adulterers, God will judge. He has said it clearly. There are things that are clear. And you improve your ability to know those things by as long as you are adhering to the study of the word of God. Paying attention to learning. Now, my main message is this for today. When you've done these things we call the wills of God, I said it earlier. We'll not go back to that Romans chapter 12 we read. Paul now says something. Everybody has the gift. He said the gifts and callings of God they are without repentance. What that tells you, like my friend Pastor Corey will say, is that when you find somebody's gifts, it gives you an idea of his calling. What is a calling? The reason you were born. For example, there are people you don't need to be told you're a prophet. If you're walking in righteousness, obeying the word of God, you're filled with the spirit. Every time they pray, you have a revelation. God shows you a vision. After a while, you don't need a title. Forget the title. You just know what you do. I remember when Nigeria was hot. Just, you know, there's fever you find in the air. Do you get my point? 
this last election, when election had been almost concluded, in fact, election had been concluded, results were being announced, results was not complete. I have friends who live in the core north, and you know the way it is in Nigeria, because of what happened in the last election. So, listen, <laughs> we had prayed, but I called my friend in the north, Pastor Courage, I said, how is it over there? He said, my brother, we are trusting God, because he is a real man. Somebody said his name is Courage, that's why he can do what he did. He's very courageous. The day before the election, we were in a, the week before of the election, we were in a career together for something. He rushed back. He said he had to get back to Sokoto before the election. Other people were running away. He said, I had to get back. Why? I have a church. I have members. I have a family. I have to be on the ground, no matter what. On Thursday, he got to Abuja. There were no flights. He had, I think he chattered a vehicle and said, take me to Sukutu. He said, I had to be there before Friday. The election was on Saturday. So this was after the election and results had not been announced. So I called him. How are you doing? You know what I'm telling the story is this. He gave me the sense that things are tense and everything, but we are believing God that he just came to buy fuel and everything. By the time he gave me a rundown of the tension. Whoa. I tried not to be afraid though. I went back to pray again. We had prayed plenty before. When I finished praying, I picked my phone. I called one of our sisters. I said, Momian, you're a woman of God. I don't pray. What did God say? <laughs> I have many people in ministry. I have many friends. I didn't call any one of them. I called her. I said, I know God told you something. Tell me. She said, I was praying the other day and I had a vision. And I saw four angels. They were situated at the four corners of Nigeria and they had a massive sword in their hands each. And they crossed it over the country. And the swords were touching each other. And the Lord said, it will be well. You saw there was no trouble. A spirit possessed the sitting president. He did not consult with PDP. He picked his phone and called General Muhammad Buhari and said, congratulations, you have won the election. Listen to me. It was not ordinary eyes. Go and read your Bible. When angels are operating, they manifest in the behavior of human beings. There was a time the king sent, the Syrian king sent, go and arrest Elijah for me. Elisha. And the Muslim said, alas, my master, how shall we do? And he was not afraid. And he said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. When the boy wouldn't relax, he said, Lord, open his eyes. What did he see? He saw the, you know, the chariots, angels surrounding the mountain where they were. But did those angels fight physically? No. What happened? Elijah, Elisha came down, went and met those men. Said, who are you looking for? And they could not recognize Elisha. They didn't know where they were. He said, we are looking for a man of God. He said, follow me. Let me show you. And he led them into the center of Samaria. By the time they entered the center of Samaria, their eyes opened. They were in the center of enemy territory. And the king of Israel arrested them. And he said, what do I do to them? Should I kill them, my father? He said, no. You didn't catch them in battle. Even the ones you catch in battle, do you kill? He said, give them food. Let them eat. They ate, ran away, and never came back. 
And the Bible says it was a manifestation of angelic activity. That's what I'm trying to explain. Why am I saying that? That day when I was in trouble, I knew who to call. I knew who would give my heart confidence. Everybody has a gift. It's not the name you call the person. It's what you just discover that God does to the individual. The same thing with you. There is something that God is doing through you. I started by explaining that, listen, we are all called. We all have a gift. Paul said, each one has a gift according to the grace of Christ. What it means is that there is ability that God has given you. You preach easily. You write easily. You organize easily. All of these things we put together. Listen, for most of these meetings that we have heard, held in the last few days, this being the fourth one because we have one in the morning for ministers, most of them, the one I arrived there, the earliest, was this morning zone. And I think I got there 20 minutes or so before they started. Okay. The other day I arrived there like 30 minutes. I, had the, I don't get it. Today I was even here a few minutes because we had a minister's meeting. So I stayed behind in the office to help out with a number of arrangements before I went home to get ready. So I came a few minutes. They, they, were, they had finished prayer by the time I came in this um, evening. Things were set. I didn't do that. Some people exercise their ability. They had the ability to get this done, get this done. One of our brothers said, no, if it's arrangement, leave it to me. You will discover. Yes, an ability you have. The reason why many people don't understand is that they think that somebody else is calling is spiritual and their own is not. Please, I keep on recommending the happiest people on earth by Demos Shakari and his story. The story of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, the way it started. The man said, my ministry, the ministry of helps. I don't have to be in front preaching. Forget this joke. We crack. Everybody likes the honor we give to pastors these days. Papa in the house, our father in the Lord, our daddy. So everybody is trying to grow up to being daddy. Listen, make sure you are daddy in your own calling. Don't, I'm telling you the truth. Otherwise, you will injure somewhere that they didn't send you. There are churches that promote every diligent person and make them pastor. I feel sorry for those pastors. They are cutting your life short, making your wife widow. You are taking the title. Mm. <laughs> I like what the bishop Edipo said once. He said, they give you an oversized pair of shoes. All right? It's, it's bad, but it's not too bad. He said, when they give you an oversized cap, you know, go see again. <laughs> oversized shoe, you will not be able to walk properly. But oversized cap, it will drop over your head. That's when they give you a title that's not your own. They give you, you've never preached before in your life. One time you give you, once I went to a church, the man preaching did not know the Bible, he was not anointed. Two dangerous combinations. <laughs> Knowledge of scripture, you know very little. Anointed to preach the little you have, you don't have. And then I say you are the senior pastor and you believe them. Is your tithe and offering that's giving you title? It will soon kill you. You see. <laughs> I'm telling you, let's tell ourselves the truth. Pastors like to do it. They promote you to make you feel happy. One man told me once, he said, ah, if I was in their church. He said to sit in front is very easy. He said, this is your car. That, I used to drive a vehicle that time. He said, this is your vehicle. Now you sew it. Then you come one day, you drop a check. He said, before you know what's happening, you are sitting in front. 
So then they give you your own branch, you start enjoying. And the man telling me this was a deacon in that church. I was laughing that day. A deacon in the church. He was saying, listen, that, uh, he said, if I'm in their church, this is what I'm doing. This one, he said, this one that you can now preach. Ah. I when he finished, he laughed. He laughed. He said, forgive them. It's just human flesh. <laughs> Some people, their diligence, their commitment, their offerings have earned them titles that will destroy their lives. Pastor is not a promotion, it's a calling. Prophet is not promotion, it's a calling. How do you know you have the gift? Your pastor can't give you that gift. He can't dash it to you. Don't feel spiritual because they have not given you, say, you're not a pastor. Pastor is something you're called to do. Whether you are spiritually big or small, if you have that calling, you have that calling. You will find the ability in you. The ability to share the word of God will come to you naturally. If it's not there, don't take the title. Tell your pastor, sorry, sir. I like this one here. The deacon one is good for me. I want you the title at work. It's the responsibility you have given me. Anybody can be deacon. Thank you very much. Leave it there. You discover your calling easily. When you've done the general wills I talked to you about, and then you start exercising yourself in the gifts you discover in your life. And Paul says something in that Romans chapter 12 he was re- we were reading. He said that when you get there, what do you do? Make sure that you use your gifts to bless people, to help people with a sincere heart. Look at the way he said it. He said each one is to exercise his gift accordingly. In proportion to his face. That is what you can do confidently. That's what I was trying to say. If they say who's going to the missionary, to, to the jungle, to go and preach. If you are afraid, don't go. Did you hear what I said? They said, we are, we are raising a group of men who are going to Meduguri to go and preach. Listen, follow Gideon. You know, Gideon said that, eh, is anybody here afraid? You know, when he amassed a lot of men, he said, is anybody here that is afraid? Some boy said, yes, sir. He said, go home. If you just married the last, less than a year ago, put up your hand, they put up their hand, go home. If you just bought land, go home. If you are afraid to go to Meduguri, don't go. If you go, the first bomb is going to be under your car. <laughs> don't let your pastor say it's a sign of commitment. It's a sign of you are going to die too. Both of them are the same thing. Don't be, don't, don't arrogate yourself the boldness you don't have. He said, but if I just go, all the same, God will protect me. Jesus was there when Peter was sinking, though. When fear gripped Peter, what did happen? He sank. That's why Paul said, each one is to exercise his gift according to the proportion of his faith. You're a missionary in the jungle, you can't go far. You go from Enugu first. Take bus in the morning, go to the jungle. When things rough, come home. That way your faith is being built up. Zeal will not get you anywhere in Christianity. People think Christianity is a boju. It's not a boju. Bow face. If you don't have a persuasion in your heart, go and get it first and return. 
He said, but Daniel and Meshach and Abednego, they were able to stand before the fiery furnace. Go and check. They were not afraid of the fire. They told the king like that. He said, sir, this negotiation is not necessary. If it's supposed to end in us bowing, we will not bow. They were ready to die. I am not saying don't be ready to die for Christ. But I'm just saying until you're ready to die, don't die. Okay, I know what I'm telling you. <laughs> People sometimes, they think this zeal will impress God. Let me quickly say something to you about, about God. He loves you the way you are. In Christ Jesus, he has accepted you. The only problem he has with you is unbelief. When they say something, I don't agree. In our church, it's like this. In our family, it's like this. In our village, this is how it is. But the Bible says it's like this. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is. My pastor said, no, he doesn't take offering that is not displayed publicly. Be disobeying God when instruction is clear. That's when he digs back. Otherwise, he loves you. He knows you are immature. He knows you are small, small, but it's okay. He will heal. <laughs> he will heal all these problems as time goes on. Don't try and use a boju for him. Even Jesus did not use a boju. When they said, let's go to the cross, when he saw the cross coming, he told the boys, I'm coming. He went to the garden. He prayed, 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 prayed. When he finished praying, he said, boys, he came out. Let's go. Ah! He saw a Roman soldier. I said, I'm coming. He went back inside. People are laughing. I'm telling the truth. He prayed and prayed and prayed. The third time he came out, he was confident. He said, boys, let's go. When these guys arrived, he stood. He said, who are you looking for? He said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, say more. It is me. They all fell as they fell down. He said, Rise, rise, rise. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I said, It is me. They fell down again. He said, Listen, boys, I just want to be taken. Let's go. Do you understand my point? Until he had that confidence, he didn't use Oboju to just go to the cross. If you use Oboju when they nail you, when you go shout, Ah, Father, Alpha. I know what I'm telling you. <laughs> Paul said, exercise your gift according to the proportion of your faith. If, you, if going from here to Ecuador to go and preach will scare you, don't go yet. Go to, just go somewhere between here and Ecuador. That's not too far away from home. Learn. Develop. Built. Are you getting my point? I'm not saying disobey God. I'm saying prepare. That's all I'm saying. So he said, you have a gift. Exercise it. Sometimes people say, I might call to ministry. Let me tell the story of one man. Of, of course, let me tell my own story a bit. Ministry, what did I start doing? People say, start a church. I say, oh, God, he didn't send me to start. In my mind, I just didn't have that perception. I, am, I wanted to teach. Well, what, what did I start doing? I started writing tracts. Oh, by the way. We've not been announcing. We have tracks. They are free. Please pick one, pick two, pick at least a copy of every one you see there. And when you are going, just take one or take for somewhere that didn't come. They are free. I started writing tracks. This my wife folded, she and I folded 10,000 tracks with our hands, or just the two of us. I did that. These tracks changed lives. Then one day, we rented our office there. 
And we partitioned it to make the hall very small. We started teaching. A few people came. They kept on increasing in number. Then one day I went to a radio station. I said, I want to preach the word of God. When they told me the price, I left and did them like this. I said, how can I want to preach? The title I want to sell Gouda. I want to preach. How much money am I making from it? He said, I should pay this amount. I walk out I left them. Then one day, I was listening to Pastor Podju preach. I don't know what he said, but I heard something in my spirit. It was like, oh boy, this is the time to get on radio and start teaching. And I went back to that radio station because somebody said, go back there. And this time around, they offered me a massive discount. From 25,000 naira per episode, they said pay 15. So, where is the money going to come from? I was teaching part-time in one university that time. They had not paid me for a long time. So they paid me for the first time after almost a year. I just took almost the whole money and gave it as an offering to the work of ministry. And we went on radio. Bam! The first broadcast, one guy ran from, back, uh, from um, uh, what they call it, Nsuka in the rain to come and look for me. The first broadcast. So I heard you on radio, sir. One broadcast. That was the only radio broadcast I ever had to pay from my pocket since that time. The man who was our marketer in Cosmo FM that time, he paid one episode himself. Since that time till now, we've just been increasing. And we keep on paying. We don't owe anybody. They didn't just jump one day, just go on 10 radio stations. One day, listen to me, we'll be on 100 radio stations. We'll be on many TV stations. But each time, we will step out as our faith increases. That's what I'm going to say. But Paul said, let him exercise it. That's why I like my translation of that particular verse. Let each one exercise his gift accordingly. You don't leave it dormant. You exercise it. Every little thing you find that you know how to do, start exercising it. Notice something. There are those who have the gift to serve. There are those who have the gift to teach. There are those who have the gift to give. It's interesting. Later on he said, everybody should contribute to the need of the saints in verse 13. But he says some people have the gift to give. Many pastors don't understand it. They'll be using one brother that has a gift to give, to give example to everybody. So this brother, he sold his only car so that this ministry can move forward. And it's good. Don't ever, ever give a gift like that because you want to reap a reward. That brother reaped. You will get nothing. Do it because you have the faith to do it. You have the confidence to do it. You can do it and not get, not have family quarrel with yourself or with your wife. Sometimes we make mistakes. We say, this brother is committed. No, he's not more committed than somebody else. It's just that he has the giving grace. Everybody can contribute, like in verse 13. But some people, God said, no, you're not contributing. It's your own mission. So he earns a millionaire, he gives out 950,000. He gives to the work of the ministry, he gives to help the poor, he just gives. The same way I derive satisfaction from preaching, from teaching the word of God, from gathering people like this, he derives the same spiritual satisfaction from writing checks. Some think it's a sign of commitment more than other people. No. He has a grace for it. All of us can contribute. Some people have that gift. And whatever be your gift, exercise yourself. 
You discover that gift in you. You like to give. You like to help. Somebody start telling you lies. You see, better help yourself. Oh. Your mates have built houses. You have been helping other people. Don't listen to them. They want to kill you. That is satanic counsel. You know, today I was driving past. I saw the poster. Pascal Jake is late. Yes. I saw the poster. I didn't even know. And I told the people in the car, I said, you see all this land here? He owns it. I said, this all land here? He sold it. I was not making a joke. I said, but the, I told my son, the one that stood up earlier, I said, the man has gone. They'll give him only six feet. So my son said, how deep is a grave? I said, it's also six feet. <laughs> I said, if it's in India, it's not deep at all. It's on the surface of water. They burn you to ashes. He told me, yes, it's true. He heard that that's how they do for some kings in some places. They float them on water and set the raft on fire. Let nobody tell you, help yourself first. They are trying to kill you. If you have that grace, exercise yourself. Feel happy. It's a calling. And it is spiritual. Whatever grace you have, Paul said, listen, use it to help people. He said, use it in love. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't do things because of what you are going to get when everybody thinks you are being kind. That's why I say to you all the time, all these giving Christians do is hypocrisy. They say, when you want to give an offering, you tie something to it. Better untie all that nonsense. You've tied too many rubbish to your offering, so God doesn't even like it. He said, bring me the offering. He says, sir, this one is tied to something. He said, leave it there. So what about that one? I want to tie this one to marriage. Leave it there. You know, this one is tied to his new car. Give it to BMW. God said, I'm, collect- I'm not collecting. Any offering that I'm receiving must not have any rope tied to it. All the offerings you've been tied to things. Bye-bye. You've wasted your money. Yes, I would. T- you know, I didn't beg you to come here. Offering ties to things don't work. Offering ties to things don't work. God appreciates a labor of love. He does not accept the labor of selfishness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Paul said, let godliness be with contentment. What does that mean? It means if I give 10 naira out of the 20 I have, I must be ready to live with the 10. Not God, I have given 10, no. You will multiply it. God says, okay, I am not going to multiply it. Go and call EFCC. <laughs> you don't know Christians. Oh, God. If you know what we do, it's just that God is merciful. He knows that we are all children. So just some of this is children playing. Somebody now say, last week I now saw the seed. This year I had a breakthrough. God said, listen, when you finish sowing that seed, you did not cry at night. Is that cry ahead? Though? Forget that seed. So where's my seed? I gave it to your pastor. He needed money. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't have any hidden motive for the good things you are doing. That's what he's saying. Use your gift to go out and be a blessing to people. 
Some people say that I'm called to ministry. I don't have doors to preach. <laughs> All this makes me laugh. <laughs> you don't have doors to preach. There's no secondary school fellowship on your street. Doors to preach. You can't catch two young men who are misbehaving. Say, sit down. Bring out your Bible. So don't misbehave again. Listen, the Bible says you catch the guys for 10 minutes, they can't go anywhere. You are their senior. <laughs> you can't write sermons and print on two naira paper and give to somebody. Say, door. Listen, there is no door. Let's forget that door. All the doors have been taken. <laughs> Better build your own door. Go to the carpenter. Say, build door for me. I'll open up. Open door now, open door. Get your door, put somewhere, open it, then pass through it. Say, now, I have passed through my own door. Listen, when nobody gave me door, I created my door, I wrote my sermons, printed them on tracks, and physically shared them out. When I came to any go, I'll go to bookshops. Please, take these tracks. If anybody buys your book, give him a copy. That's how I, 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 that's how I got to know the woman that owned them, um, Hidden Treasures. I went around bookshops in Enugu, take these tracks, give to whoever comes. Door. Listen. You don't open the door, I open my own. Don't think people be saying that. Uh, look, which kind of open door? If it is preaching, they call you to preach. Just go to a secondary school nearby and look for some people doing fellowship. Let me just warn you ahead of time. There's no honorarium there, they won't give you money. Go to a campus fellowship, grab with two people and bless them with the word of God. The Bible says, when they hear, they are looking for a preacher too. See, I'm serious. If money is not what you are looking for, doors full ground. Doors full ground. I'm emphasizing on what? Exercise yourself. If you exercise yourself, if you, you know, let me just drop something for you. There's this practical tip I, I like to drop for those who believe they have the gift of singing. Half of them don't have, but some who do have. You say, Pastor, my God, you may have, don't have. You know, when Two-Face is making the kind of money he's making, everybody suddenly has the gift to sing. <laughs> when Peace Square starts flying private, you will start, re- just, just how singing, you start singing, I can actually sing. <laughs> so that's why I say, half don't have. Half don't have. I know these days that, you know, technology has made life very easy. Anybody can go to the studio, you pay, is it 8,000 or 6,000 per recording session? How much is it now? It has dropped to five. You know, competition days, so studios, they cheap sometimes. So a lot of people can go there, pay, go to their uncle. Uncle, I have a gift to sing, so into my life. Uncle, what will he do now? If he doesn't sue now, you go and tell your father that uncle is not supporting your ministry. So he gives you. By the time you harass like 10 people, you have enough money to pay for like six recording sessions. Then they burn the CD for you, you go, you multiply it by yourself. Then you come to the front of the shop, right? And be handing it that support my musical ministry. You've seen that nonsense all the time. Rubbish. You know, I've, I've supported a lot of nonsense. I remember some boys caught me, I think me and my wife, for me alone at the airport one day, yeah, we are young men, we are trying to start, uh, please support our this, their, their video. So I gave them 500 and I them one video. Put it inside, and I saw some useless girls, they like this. <laughs> I removed it in the throw it in for all. If I cash them, let's I collect my money back. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> You know, technology has made life so easy. 
<laughs> Rubbish. What are type of people like this? Instead of going harassing people, go and look if you really are called. First, church, join the choir. Let them know. You know, that's why the band, you know, that was the trick he used. He went to church, join choir. Terry G, church, choir. All of them, church, choir. Free practice. You don't have to buy piano. Equipments are there free. Then once they finished holding their skills, they ran away. They were never born again. Leave those boys. That's what happened to them. <laughs> now, what I'm going to say is this. Look for where you can help people. I told you the first time I preached publicly was at one of my sister's birthday parties in school. Look for where you can help people. This is what I say, but that's musical thing. Join something. Start singing all the time. Look for somebody's doing birthday party. For example, the other time was my wife's birthday party. You hear? He said, "Ah, pastor, please, oh, give me five minutes. I'm going to help make your wife feel happy." It's called exercise. It. Yes, your, your friend's sister is wedding. He said, eh, "Do you have any live music?" He said, "No, but you have DJ. Eh? Don't worry, I will sing." Are you sure? Yeah. Ah, just watch. You go there, you sing free. By the time you do four, somebody will say, ah, you can sing. Will you sing for me next time? Go for that one. Free still. Don't charge anything. Maybe I'll give you transport money. There is a wedding, so free food. You are sure of that one. So, <laughs> Yes, now you get souvenir. So you get souvenir, you eat, you drink. Which other pay are you looking for? Hungry man, they give you food. That's enough pay now. Now after a while, after a while, you know what happens? People start asking you, come and sing for me. And you start charging. One, oh, please, this amount I need to cover equipment. Next thing you know, you buy your equipment, start going from one wedding to the other. Before you know what's happening, you, it's not even the distance. Go and read the book, um, um, A Tipping Point, and Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. You will have had your 10,000 hours of practice. Somebody told me once, you know this guy, what's the name of this one? Um, oh, there's this Enugu boy that's very, very famous now. What's his name? Flavor, yes. They said that this, where we are now, when they used to be joint hanging, that's where he used to play. Sing songs from school to school. I don't know much of his music. One day I heard him, they were, I was just watching TV, and they play one of his videos. I said, no wonder. This boy is talented. I'm not like his music, but I heard him sing for like two minutes. I said, okay. No wonder everybody shouting flavor, flavor, flavor. I said, this guy is talented, my God. Later somebody said, ah, talent. That is on the streets of Enugu, he honed his talents. People just go and look for money, harass everybody, go and do one video and come to the front of shop right and airport and be harassing our lives. If we don't give it 200 naira now, they say we're not encouraging them. I don't encourage anybody again. Yesterday when I came, I said, hey, Madam, go, I'm not encouraging anybody. I'm not in encouraging mood. Leave me. The Lord is good. Listen, when you do this, God will lead you into the place where he wants you to be. I have not spoken of how he speaks to people, but he does. You may have a dream one day, it's possible. You may hear a voice one day say, arise my son, my daughter, do this. Whatever it is, God will speak to you in the midst of these activities. God, Jesus does not call people where I do. He called those who are doing something. Even Paul, when he was called, he was harassing the church. An arm robber on a mission has more no, <laughs> hope <laughs> than some Christians. Get up and go and bless somebody. One day, one sister came and said, Father, how will I know my calling? I said, my sister, whatever your hand finds to do, do it. You will find out the one you can do. 
Peter Daniel said he failed in three or four businesses. They said, what happened? He said, I didn't find the one I could do. When I found the one I could do, I became a multi-millionaire. Are you getting my point here? The righteous man falls seven times. The Lord raised him up. He doesn't follow the same spot. By the time they put you in church, say, be in charge of choir. Every time you come, they are singing like this. Oh, God, go. You just know you are not called for that one. Leave that place. Do you understand my point? <laughs> you will stumble on the place where your gift flows easily. And then God will breathe upon it and multiply it for you. And then don't ever forget. One day, you will be doing the normal shepherd work. And somebody will call you and say, your father said, come quickly. Say, what is going on? Your father said, come quickly. You enter, and someone will say, come. The Holy Spirit just said to me, I rise and anoint him, for this is he. You are the next king of Israel. That's how God does it. I hope you've gotten my point. Let's bow down our heads and begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. 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 Say, Lord, lead me into the center of my calling. Just bless the name of the Lord for the word that you have heard. You have heard.